so welcome and good evening to this encounter. And uh, this is going to be, the geography is going to be uh, like we normally do now. I don't like it when it gets, I don't like it when it gets a normal pattern. Next time I'm going to mix it up somehow or other. Um, it's like that thing that Laurie put in the eight, no, nine o'clock service booklet. There'll be a sermon or other activity. And I, I don't know anyone's ever done that, but I'm determined before I, before I stop doing it to do another activity. Um, <laughs> Have you? Oh, okay. Oh, easy. Creativity. Uh, I just so so first of all, I just want to pray that you don't get distracted by the fact that I've got no trousers on. Um, <laughs> if it helps, I could hide behind the lectern like this. <laughs> partly because, partly because it was so incredibly hot this afternoon, it's sultry, and partly also because I managed to smash my ankle, so there's blood cut, there's, a, there's a hole in the ankle. Um, this I'm going to preach first. I'm going to teach, talk some teaching first, and then John will come and lead us in worship. And as we always say, um, I hope you learn from the teaching, and I hope you enjoy the worship. But the, the thing isn't really either of those things. It's encountering Holy Spirit. Amen. And therefore, if for you, uh, where you are this evening, if, if I, something I say like early on, like resonates, and Holy Spirit takes it, then feel free to to zone out. Right? I won't do a test at the end. There won't be. Uh, 20 questions on it. Yep. And if you're in worship, you need to lay down or dance or whatever, then, you know, just just take, just respond. Is that okay? I want to give you freedom. And equally, for words for other people, um, you're all grown ups, as Laurie would say. And if something for, like, you think is more general, then run it past Laurie or Wendy or me before you give it. But if it's just for someone, just go and give it to them. All right? And always do, the, you know, the care thing. So is, is that okay? So the whole thing, you know, just, just say that. Uh, this is still a preamble for I pray. We'll pray before we start. This is still a preamble. Um, it wasn't last fortnight. It was um, four weeks ago, because Laurie did, did a fortnight ago, didn't he? But a fortnight ago, I did this thing on letting go. Do you remember? If you were here. Uh, which, of course, I think was a word for us as a congregation. Um, I'm sure it was, actually. But I'll say that to be a bit careful. And it definitely worked for me as well. And that came out of reading, so Laurie, something Laurie preached on and said about, about Joshua and Moses, and it, that came out of uh, sort of reading and thinking about Moses and the way he obviously found it difficult to let go, that bit where he you know, begs the Lord to let him go in. Um, and I think this came out, the, the title tonight is Press On In, and it sort of is a pair with letting go. That makes sense? We don't let go to give up, we let go to make space to press into the new thing. You have to sometimes let go of the old to let go of stuff that was right before God, and absolutely, but is no longer where God's calling us corporately or individually to be, to, to get hold of the new. I think two weeks ago, Laurie Proch preached on opening, closing and opening doors. But like I say, you let go or you close doors so that you can move into the new things. So this is about pressing in. And, and this very much came from, initially in my head, it just doesn't, I'm, I'm going to say this as a sort of preamble um, before I start properly. Uh, but this came from reading on a bit from uh, The Hope and The Gun Holy Land. I don't know if you ever do this. Do you ever do this where you, like, if you don't, don't worry. Quite often I say things. Do you ever do this? And I find no one does apart from me. It's like <laughs> do you ever fly over London and try and work out the volume of sewage through the pipes and <laughs> the calculations of how many people and how many... No, no. Um, uh, do you want to get the Joshua, no, the Judges thing on? Can I put that first? Did I give that to you first, Paul, or not? Did I give that to you? The book of Joshua 
is not entirely, but it's largely about the victorious conquering of the Holy Land. Amen? And I read this thing about Moses and handover. I just kept reading, <laughs> uh, as you do sometimes, with no real intent, but just kept reading. It's quite a, it's quite a buzzy story, actually. And there's some, you know, there's some great victories, Jericho, then there's I, and there's some bad dis- defeats and things. But basically, it's all about coming, pressing it, taking the Holy Land. But it's quite interesting that when Joshua dies, and we go into the book of Judges, that we find that although they went into the promised land, and though they took it, they didn't, as far as I can see, complete the conquest. They didn't press in. And, uh, and the, first, the first chapter, you read the first chapter of Judges, I've just picked one verse there. God was, God was the man, Judges, remember, Judah's the strongest tribe, they're the, they're the alpha tribe, right? They took possession of the hill country, but they were not able to drive the people from the plains because the, they had chariots fitted with iron. That's what our author says. And I'm sure they did have chariots fitted with iron. Do you think that was more powerful than God? There's something else going on there, isn't there? So, I mean, I mean quite often I think, in, 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 you know, when we look at what's the opposition we face, and we do face opposition, amen? Sometimes we see the chariots of iron, and sometimes our opponents do have chariots of iron. Like, they're like got more money and more solicitors and more whatever. You know, that makes sense? And more clout, sometimes more intellectual. Don't, I don't want to admit that. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, but there's something beyond that. And, and the whole of the chapter, there's, there's, I don't know, quote the Manasseh bit. What, what's the next bit I gave you? I don't know if it's so quoted. But read, uh, go on. Manasseh did not drive out the people of Beth Shan, wherever that is, or Tanach, or Dor, Dor or I think we might miss out there, Iblium or Medigo and their surrounding settlements, for the Canaanites were determined to live in that land. Yeah, but Israel had been told to drive them out. Do you get this or not? And you know what happens, don't you? Because Israel made treaties with some of these people and let them live, in this first chapter it tells us that Judah took Jerusalem, they call it Jebus those days. But we know they didn't finally take it because David had to take it again 500 years later. Because of that, the people of the land become a snare to the people of Israel. And they intermarry, and they follow their gods. And this is really quite, I don't know, um, uh, yeah, there are various places in the Old Testament where, they ha- where this figure, it's called the angel of the Lord, appears. Uh, and it doesn't really say it's Jesus, but people often think it's the word of God. It's not an angel or a prophet, it's the angel of the Lord. Name me some. Occasions when you get the end of the Lord? One I think is Abraham. Remember? But there's one here in Judges 2, which almost no one knows about. Judges 2, verse 1. The angel of the Lord went up from Gigal to Bokim and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into a land that I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of the land, but you shall break down their altars. You have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? I don't know, I'm not, thank goodness, a historian, so I don't quite know how this pans out. What I do know is that, th- that this, and I read this, and it sort of, so I sort of began to think, Lord, there's something here about, it's absolutely your promise, you're absolutely a powerful God. They've started, but they haven't somehow completed the task you gave them. And what happens, and I didn't quote on screen this next bit, and what the angel of the Lord says is, so there'll be a snare to you. The fact you've compromised, you get, and not push, you see, you see, Oh, don't get excited now. Calm down, Chris. You see, the promise is secure. They've been promised the whole land. 
They've approached everything. Judah's territory extends to the sea. To the sea, the cities of Gath, Estrot, the Philistine cities as they come later. But somehow the people, they come in, they get into the land, they have some victories, but they somehow don't complete. And, and as I read it, and I was praying about it, I think, Lord, I don't want to, you know, as a Christian, it's completely different in lots and lots of ways. However, I think it's an element this evening of saying to us, look, guys, we can be given everything, but we've got to press in. The promised land the Israel given, they had to press in and take it. And they knew what they had to do. And there's something here, a subplot here, which I probably won't preach on tonight. But there's something you notice between the book of Joshua and the book of Judges when they talk about them taking the land. And if you notice this, you'll get a gold star. Read through it. There's a subtle difference in the way the people go about the job in Judges, the age of part of Judges. And it's because, as far as I can see, in Joshua... The people were united. All the tribes worked together. And when he gets judges, Judah actually asked Simeon to go with them. Simeon's a very weak tribe comparatively. Do you get that? I wonder why that's significant as well. But not tonight. Father, as we come to your word and we look at this issue, Father, I'm just aware that I don't want to I don't want to say stuff that's not of your spirit. So Father, take what what is you've given me and, and the words of the scripture and, and let them land on people to challenge, to encourage. But Father, pray that we would know more and more of what it means, as C.S. Lewis says, to come further in and higher up, to press into all you have for us. That we may be your people. We may access all you've given to us we may know in experience as well as in theory the amazing riches of Christ that you've given to us, that you promised to us in Jesus. Amen. Sort of links this morning as well, by the way, if you're here this morning, um, the stuff on, hang on. For to me, to live is, to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ to die is gain. Paul's got to that point where, where that is everything. I think Paul's pushed it a bit further. Now, we use this, I'm going to use two pieces of one to start with. We use this quite a lot. Um, you know this bit very well. Bing! No. Oh, good. That's not it. Yeah, two pieces, that's the boy. Um, that was the wrong reference, never mind. His divine power has given us everything. We know, don't we? Don't we? We use quite a lot, don't we? It's truth. It's a promise. Everything you need to live this holy life, this godly life, has been given to us in Jesus. It's not like we have to sort of, let me be absolutely clear about this, I'm nowhere near, it may sometimes sound like I might be, so be very careful. I'm nowhere near saying we've got to try and press in, otherwise God doesn't love us. Right? I'm not saying anything like that at all. We're not going back to the religious thing where I've got to be good so God loves me and forgives me. That is so far back, okay, out of this. We're through that entirely. We know that our forgiveness is a gift of God. Free and complete grace is amazing. And the more you think about it, the more amazing you think it is. But it's there. It's a free gift. And it's all given to us. Everything's been given to us. His divine power has given us everything we need to. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. Through these, he's given us the very great and precious promises. 
like the people of Israel had, by the way, in the Old Covenant. So through them you may participate in the divine nature. Woo! Amen! Having escaped the corruption of the world caused by the desires. But here, having said that, Peter goes on. I don't know if I can quote. Do you ever know the next verse, by any chance? It's always useful reading on. Go on. It might come on the screen. Next thing he says is, for this reason, because you've been given everything, for this reason, make every effort. And as Laurie would say, when it says make every effort, it means make every effort. Not, 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 not so you can get, but because you have got. It's a it's kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus is upside down. I don't, I don't make an effort so I get the promises of God. I make an effort because, right? And the effort I've got to make is that thing that Paul, I think, is talking about in Philippians this morning, about, about living completely in that place where what I've got in Jesus is what I, my experiences and what people see of me and, and what happens in the world. I want my life to be Christ. I don't want the promises to be empty somehow, not, not claimed. But it does require to press in. It does require us to be, inverted commas, active in claiming them. And I think sometimes that the, the biggest danger is people is that is that religious stuff where where we think we've got to you know be good to get to God to love us. We've got to work our way to heaven, and that has really been a bad thing. And it's been made worse by a lot of religion in in the UK, particularly anyway, in the way our services go and things. But there's also a risk, I think, sometimes, of not taking the effort to press in. To almost, almost being com- complacent is quite, not quite the right word. To almost being in a place where it's, even as a Christian, it's lovely, isn't it? It's safe and whatever. Remember, Jesus calls us not only to share in his victory, but also his sufferings. And I think, um, again, for me as a person, and therefore I suspect it might be for us as a community at the moment, there's a met call here to press in, to make every effort. You can skip to verse 10. Can you skip to verse 10 for me? The next, it's, all, it's all good stuff, but it comes again. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. If you do these things, you'll never stumble, and you'll receive, whatever he says, my laptop's currently, you go, a welcome, a rich welcome in the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's something here which has God's put on my heart um, I want to share tonight about this pressing in, about willing to, to say, I know this stuff and I've got this stuff, but I am going to make it my own. I'm not going to... You see, I, I'm think of... I don't know if this is the right order, Paul. I'm really sorry. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm minded when I'm read, reading this about that, that parable um, Jesus tells in Matthew 14. It might be 13. 14. Two parables. Little tiny parables about the pearl and the treasure in the field, remember? And Jesus says, that it's like a man, the kingdom of heaven is like a man. There it goes. Oh, well done, mate. Uh, I found a treasure hidden in the field. I, I get a picture in my head is there's like this, um, you know, field. And, and for some reason, rather, he's been digging or whatever else. I don't know what he's been doing. And, and, and he finds buried in the field a treasure. And, and he knows it's there. And he covers it up. And he goes away, sells all he's got to buy the field. Everything for that. Everything for Jesus. To me, to live as Christ, die as gain. 
everything for Jesus. Everything I've got, everything I have, every moment, every energy, every intellect, every whatever else, I don't care. I want to give it for Jesus. And I somehow end up in a place where I take half the land. I don't think I end up in a place where I only claim half the promises. I don't end up in a place where, where somehow it's okay because I think that's a dangerous place to be in lots of ways. Indeed, when I was reading through this and preparing this, uh, this about a week ago, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, I won't share them with you, individuals who I think, Christian individuals, who are still Jesus and saved, but I think may have slipped down that particular path. <laughs> because, because we need to make, we need to press in. And, and this context tonight is about, is about that. And like I say, I don't want to get anywhere close to saying you've got to do it to get the promise. The promise is there. We've got everything we need. Just claim it. But it's about pressing in. It's about not being satisfied almost. Sometimes it's almost about being dissatisfied. There's a heavenly dissatisfaction, right? I have to say, I've had this a couple of times recently where we haven't really seemed to get victory as a congregation over various things. And I just get dissatisfied, almost cross. Do you, you get that ever? And I think that's a holy thing and a good thing. He's laughing at me. I think it's a good thing in a way. I think that sense of, you know, it shouldn't flipping be like this. It's not always a bad thing. Did I say flipping? I did, yes, good. <laughs> it really, but it shouldn't, right? It's just, it's, it, it's, and, and I think Jesus is sort of the same. When he sees stuff in the temple and stuff, he says, this should not right. And, and, I, and therefore, I want to press in. I want us to be in the place where we, where we claim all these victories that we should have. Judah should have driven them out. But it was hard. No one's saying it's hard. But they should have driven them out. The land had been given to them, been promised to them. They'd been promised that land, but they hadn't taken it. Somehow, their territory gets restrained. Somehow, the enemy drives them back into part of it, the hill country. It's a good country, mind you, out of the plain. And there's a danger, I think, people have said recently in things we've been talking and praying about, that the enemy is trying in some ways to, to restrict our territory, to hold us back somehow from claiming all that is ours. And, and that's the corporate thing, right? And, and I don't want that. I don't want us to be in that place where it's been promised and given and secured by Jesus' blood, amen, and it somehow we don't press in. And sometimes maybe that's because it's tough and they've got chariots of iron. I don't know. Tonight's about pressing in, about pressing in. Found the pearl. The merchant. He's clearly a guy who looks for pearls. He's not some like peasant person. He's a merchant. He's looking for pearls. He does pearls. He knows about pearls. He finds one. Whoa. Apparently in the Roman Empire, Roman times, pearls were really valuable. They were like the sort of, you know, they were the approved jewel compared to sort of diamonds and sapphires and things. And so he goes away again, sells all he's got. This thing is so important. Absolutely everything must be given for this. And that is what Paul says in Philippians 3. I want to just apologize in advance to Laurie. I have to say that this stuff came into my head before I knew we were preaching on Philippians this term. Amen? But I'm going to use a chunk of Philippians 3, which is the, in my head, the classic passage on this. Laurie will do it better on August the 13th. Put the date in your diaries. Right? Um, but I'm going to... I'm going to Use it, Philippians 3, 8 onwards, 
You can go to the passage, please. This is the real passage. Oh, I've gone there. Here we go. That's right, yeah. Philippians um, 3.12. Did I start a bit early in here? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm just... It's not, on the, not on the slides, Paul, sorry. Uh, Paul says in Philippians 3, earlier on that chapter, what is more, I consider... This is the thing about the pearl. Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. You can put a stronger word if you like. Poo, that I may gain Christ. And then he goes on about it again, right, to say, look at here. This is about... This is about thank you. He's done it now. Very good. Now go on to 10. Thank you, 12, rather. And this is interesting, I think. Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this, or already arrived at my goal, but I press on. That's the key thing, the pressing on. That's why this is about pressing on, right? Obtained all this, that's like a single goal, okay? It's like I've got, I have not yet completed on my house in in Sheffield. When we do complete, it'll be done. It's a a single thing. Or, Already arrived at my goal. Oh, oh, sorry. The table's already arrived at my goal. There's a word behind that. It's more of a continuous thing. Be made perfect. Uh, The word behind it um, means arriving at the end point, telios. um, When I I first started teaching, I was really excited to find the Greek I'd done, a little bit of Greek I'd done, helped because the course I had to teach was a teleological course. A-level enough for physics for those who got long memories. Because teleological means it had endpoints, all right? It wasn't just a whole load of things. It came to endpoints. And Paul says, I'm not a time ago. Uh, actually, he almost says, I don't consider I have. I do not consider myself yet to take it hold of it. Do you get? That's a really subtle thing to say. And I read that and thought, yeah, what you're saying, Paul, is there's a sort of, you're almost tricking yourself, Right? I almost want to be in a place I don't consider I've done it because I want to keep pressing on. And there's a danger in thinking you've got there that you don't press on. Yeah? I mean, for all he knows, he has. For all he knows that, you know, for me to live is Christ. So he's done actually, he's actually there. He's done, but I'm not going to consider it because I want to, I'm not going to lay back and say it's chill. I'm going to press on. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's an amazing statement. I press on. I want to press into this. I want to take hold of all that Jesus has given to me. That's why Jesus took hold of me. Jesus took hold of me. Jesus came and found me so that I could have this amazing experience and spiritual life with him. Yeah? That's why he did it. But I want to take hold of that. I want to press in and take hold of everything that Jesus has for me and as a church. I want the church to press in and take hold of everything that Jesus took hold of us and said, it's an honest, you're a long-hearted, prophetic people. I don't want to let any of that slip. I want us to press into that, to be a people who continue to press on into whatever he's given to us. It's interesting that the... Um, arrived at my goal um, word, the word behind it. Um, I don't care about the Greek, really. Uh, but, but it is used in the gospel. Jesus uses it himself when he talks about what he's going to accomplish at Jerusalem as he comes to the cross. You can rephrase the, what he says, uh, Luke 13. Did I put it up or not? Luke 13? You can get to it and back up. I get it. Oh, yeah, I did. 
this is Herod, I'll keep on driving out demons, unhealing people. And tomorrow, on the third day, I will reach my goal, the same thing. My telios, the end point. And once you almost paraphrase that, Jesus says, you know, that's, that's when I reach, that's when I get the end of my course. That's when I get the place of perfection. His, his, his course, his, 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 like, what God's told him to do has a very definite end point. And by this point in the gospel, he seems to know it. I don't, I'm not, I don't think he knew it clearly early on, personally. Uh, I think it was, in, in, you know, I think he knew Jesus' father all through. But I think his understanding of it develops as he, his God. God is like that. God tends to tell us exactly what we need to know at the moment. We need to know it. You can only do what you see the father doing. Often you don't get a program three months in advance. Prophets accepted. But they don't seem to know whether it's three months or three years or 3,000 years, which makes it almost useless. To an OCD person like me who wants to have a program, I think, right? Makes sense. But Jesus did the same word for him. It's almost as if, you know, he was, ooh, Christopher, be careful. As if he was on the same track as we were. As if he was pressing in to what God had given to him. As he had to make every effort to claim what God had given. Was he human? It laid aside what it is to be God. Don't ask questions like I do sometimes. Lord, what if you hadn't taken up? I th- why, what if Israel had done what you told them to and claimed the land? Would that have been different? Yeah, of course it would. But you can't ask the what if things really, can you? Right? Um, the physicist in me says, well, maybe there are multiverses, and maybe someone they did. But anyway, let's not get there. All right? But I think even Jesus here, talks about the same thing. Maybe Paul knew that. Maybe, maybe that's resonant with Paul. He's going to complete, I've not yet got there. I've not yet reached perfection, the telios, the end point of what God's called me to. And while I haven't, I'm going to press on him back. Just can you go back to the, um, to the text I was using? No, that's forward. That's forward. That's good. That's what he's talking about. Back. That's the boy. Well done. But I press on to take hold <laughs> that which Christ has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet. I, guess I think that's him just saying, look, the attitude I've got here is, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm there. I'm going to press on. I, no, he absolutely knows he's saved by grace. He absolutely knows that he's, he's, he's got new life in Jesus. He absolutely knows he's forgiven. He's, all the other stuff is garbage. He knows absolutely the promises of God and they're given to him, but he's still going to press on. Forgetting what is behind. I want to talk about holy forgetting for a moment. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Now, forgetting is um, an interesting thing. And um, as I get older, I do more of it. <laughs> Where did I put my keys? <laughs> but I think, there's a, I think sometimes there's an element of holy forgetting. Uh, and that's a bit close to letting go and moving on and closing doors. Right? Now... There's also an element of needing to remember the faithfulness of God and what God did. But I think it's also sometimes an element of, of not dwelling on things that have happened in the past. It's the element of God's interaction with us, which is, a, is a literally a moment in time. Holy Spirit is here now to deal with us now as we are now. I don't think Holy Spirit ever says, I'll, I'll, I'll help you this evening, Di, but two days ago you really weren't on it, were you? Actually, and so I'm not much confidence you'll take it. No, is that right? 
Does that sound like Holy Spirit? No. I think it's an element. I'm not sure that you can say God, he does, it sort of says he does forget sins, but, but, but I think it's an element for us of having a direction looking forward. This, I don't consider I've reached it, says Paul, but I press on. Which way is he looking? Forward. And I think it's an element of once we've, and I think, again, I speak as a, as a person who doesn't do this always, that we say, oh, I'm sorry, it's in the past. That lovely bit in The Yarn King where um, Mustafa hits him on the head. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> what do you do that for? It's in the past. <laughs> I think it's an element of, of, of holy forgetting that's important in pressing on. In, in, in not being, not even beginning, not worrying a bit and remembering a bit about our past half attempts and failures. Because God has given us everything we need to his holy life. Everything's ours. Don't look backwards, press on. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to emphasize that too much because there is a sense still of just being able to celebrate um, past victories and how faithful God's been and all that stuff. Um, but I think there's an element of also of being willing to let go of yourself sometimes. Say, it's gone. God's, for, God's forgiven it. I'm going to press on. Because Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. That's the direction in Christ Jesus. Our new life in Jesus, when we became Christians, is a spiritual life. We become alive spiritually. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. And that's what, we're, that's what our long-term future is. My long-term future is loved by Jesus and to be in his presence. Seen clearly, not through a glass dimly, but face to face. And I want to press in towards that. The word, the word um, for, hang on, I'm just going to quote this if I can. Um, where's it gone? Uh, the word, for, for the word in, in our English versions, as translated, forgetting what I'm doing, straining towards what is ahead. The, the, the word has this sense of, a, it's, it's got a sense of a, like a race. It's like reaching out for something. I'll quote what the, uh, what the lexicon says. Aggre- aggressively chase, like a hunter pursuing to catch a prize. Aggressively chased, chasing after, earnestly desiring, to overtake, to apprehend. That, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about here. That's what I think Holy Spirit's encouraging us to this evening, to remind us of. And the pressing in is in lots of dimensions, it's lots of directions. So there is a pressing in, I think, in worship, which is what we can do in a minute. Johnny, bless you. You're wonderful. But sometimes, I have to say, I sort of think, oh, it's a great song. And I let the beauty of the music play over me. Is that wrong? No. But the, I think sometimes God says, it wants me to press in. Does that make sense? To not be satisfied with it being a great song and feeling like warm and happy about it. But say, God, what, 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 yeah, Lord, I, want to, I just want to worship you. I want to lose myself entirely in what worship is. This is the place we can do that. I think we can do it whenever we worship. Amen. But this for our church at the moment, this is the, the place that's most free, most able to not worry what people around you say, not worry about what the kids say or my wife says or anything like that. Make sense? But a pressing in worship. Pressing in in worship is a, hang on, do you have everything you need to worship God in spirit and truth? 
do you always? You see, you see, it's that between. But you see, see, it's that between between what we what God's given us to do, and what is our to do. It just sometimes requires a bit of make every effort, press in. There's a pressing in, I think, in terms of, in terms of the claiming, the promises God's given us. I said this morning. Um, I didn't say a lot of it about this morning because it just floated on the edge of what I was saying this morning. But but in that passage this morning, Paul's talking about by your prayers and the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, actually, to be honest, sometimes praying in situations and claiming authority of them is just hard work. <laughs> Perfectly honest. You know, there's a prayer thing on on Wednesday, which I was very tired <laughs> physically. I, and there's an element of me just 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 knows that 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 make every effort. Paul says, "I'm strange reach the prize." God's told us to do this stuff. Let's do it. And I think I think somehow sometimes, and Laurie would say this again and again and again and again, um, and has done um, that that you know sometimes actually making the effort to come to church or to home group or to whatever. And it may where you come there, and it's not, it's not magic or mathis or whatever, right? Make every effort. I, um, it wasn't the last time, actually, um, but um, I don't know if Marcus was there, actually. Um, but uh, the, the, one of the recent times when I ended up as a sobbing mess on the floor with people praying over me um, uh, was a thing where it was a youth event, and um, I very nearly didn't go because I had stuff to do, like clearing up, catering and stuff. Um, and I can remember almost thinking, actually, I'm really tired. You know, you're cooking for 30 kids or whatever. This is a couple, two or three years ago. Um, it's hard work, isn't it, Di? We've done it, haven't we? Yeah? It's hard work. And I quite fancied sitting down and just reading my Bible, which would, I would have... Right? And I can remember thinking as a couple of guys prayed for me and I fell on the floor... You know, with that experience, which was another stage, which is another sense of claiming, it's another defeating the chariots of iron on a, on a, on, a, on the plane somewhere. It's another town taken. Do you get me? You see, you see, the kingdom of God. In a sense, they enter the promised land. They cross the Georgian. Whoa! But there's still a lot to do. The Christian life is fantastic. Being a disciple of Jesus is fantastic. But, and in one sense, it's all done. <laughs> another sense, you ain't begun yet. You ain't begun yet. Press on. Make every effort. Uh, and surely make an effort to, to come to prayer, to, to, to push into things. I, I, I don't think it matters that much for God how many are there, because he can say by few or by many, but flip it matters to us whether we're in that or not. Flip it matters to me whether I want to put myself in that place where I will say for, to, me, for to me to live as Christ, to die as gain. But I found the pearl of great price, and absolutely nothing is more important than getting that pearl, of having that, that prize. Happens in worship. Happens in our commitment to coming to things. I think it also happens, and, and, I, and again, I talk to myself here largely, in, in some, oh, how can I put this, in the willingness to be open in the world and with the secular world about the truth that we know. You see, <laughs> Paul didn't have that problem in a way 
Maybe he did, I don't know, but it, it, it seems to me he didn't really. He just preached the gospel. He had the problem with the Jews. He had to stand up in a synagogue with people who, who thought they knew the law and knew God and tell them, well, actually, and he got stoned and put in prison and all that sort of stuff, yeah? But our, our world is, is deceitfully, cunningly unpleasant about it. And it's easy, I think, sometimes not to press into all God has, us, has for us, for me personally, by not being willing to step out in the truth, in the faith, in, the, in saying to people, you know, I was in the park the other day, and, and this random person came up and said, oh, I, I had a kid, as I do in the park. If you're a bloke, do not go in parks without kids. <laughs> it's not a good thing to do, okay? And if you see a kid lost with no parent near it, don't do anything. Stay at safe distance away and watch the kid and make sure the parent turns up, okay? But don't go and pick the kid up. The kid will be happy, but then suddenly people in blue flashing lights will come and arrest you. Anyway, I, I was playing, but if you've got a kid, you're fine. So, suddenly you're fine. Suddenly, it, it's really weird. If you've, got, if you've got a kid with you, everyone thinks you're safe. Yeah? It's pretty bizarre. I mean, I'm the same person, whether I've got Zeke with me or not. Well, sort of. Um, anyway, this, this parent came up, and our kids, the two kids are playing together a little bit. Um, uh, and, and he says, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but, but I hear from God. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> no, I don't at all. And, and he like, gave me a word, and the word was, to be honest, it was a, it was a, it was a right word. It wasn't earth-shattering, right? He'd just seen something about where I was in the spirit, and it was right. And we had a little pray and whatever, it was good. And I thought, actually, I've been in the park, I think every day this week, sometimes twice, and I've never been here praying for people. I've never been that cognizant, that open to what Holy Spirit's saying. Do you understand this or not? Why not? Do I hear God? Do I have authority if I hear what God says to share with people? I mean, they might. Uh, again, you see, my son will do this thing where he will, he'll, he'll be walking through Sheffield and, and, and he'll stop when I'm with him and, and just pray for somebody because God's told him to. I want to press in. I want to press into all God's got for me because everything I need to live this godly life is given to me in Jesus. Right? I don't want to be sort of, <laughs> even at 70, nearly 71, don't laugh. I, I don't want to somehow be like respectable in the world, if that's a bad thing. Careful what I say now. Don't be, dis don't be unrespectful just for the sake of it. Does that make sense? But equally, I think there's a pressing in for us as a congregation, as people, where we have to press in to the truth of what we know about God, even if people think we're slightly mad, slightly off beam. And I don't know how that links to the cities of the plain in, uh, in Israel taking the promised land. But it sort of does somehow. It's the chariots of iron thing. You see, they're scary. They're scary. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get myself here at all. Hey, holy forgetting. Do you get it? It's, I'm not going to worry about the fact I've been to the park seven times in the last week and not pray for anybody. What am I going to do? As I go to the park the next time, I say, Lord, Lord I, just want to see, I just want to see spiritually. Just be with me here. Yep. Well, it's a totally secular position. It's not a Christian-type place. If I, if I come to church on Sunday evening and Lord says, pray for someone, it's okay. Right? It's the getting out of the building stuff. 
press in. Make every effort. Press in. Because the land is ours. It's all ours. It's all given through Jesus' blood to us. We have it all. But there's something about wanting to press into it. I want to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. I want to win the prize. The prize isn't like you know, just heaven. <laughs> it's heavenward. The prize is relationship with Jesus. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want, I want to hear those words. I know I will. But I want to make this week, I want to claim everything I can. I want to claim every bit of land that God's given to me, every part of space-time around me. There's a great book called Genesis and Space-Time, read it sometime, which unpacks the fact that somehow God makes this bubble in space-time. And for us, space is important, but so is time. And for God, it isn't in the same way. I don't know how God relates to space-time. He's sort of somehow in the outside it or overall it, in bleh, I don't know, seven-dimensionally around it, I don't know. But I want every moment to count. Amen? I'm going to pray, Johnny, and then we're going to go into worship. Is that okay? There's two more things I could have said, but I'm going to duck them, I think. Where is there? Is there actually a clock? Oh, four, it's quarter two. Listen, this time. <laughs> Was that too long? Are you with it still? At the beginning of this talk, I said, if you get, if something hits, just zone out. Anyone zoned out? Zone back in. This is zoned out. <laughs> zone back in. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us as a community. You can say amen if you believe it, okay? And I'm going to pray for you as individuals. And you can again say amen if you believe it. And then I'm going to pray for me. And you can say amen for me. Is that all right? It's not the, not the right way around. I know what I have to do. Father, stand here. As part of the, as a representative of the community that is St. Leonard's, a lion-hearted prophetic people called to build your kingdom, to prophetically speak out your truth in this part of the world. And Lord, we declare, we thank you so much that everything we need has been given by you, that we have every resource we need in the heavenlies. It's all there given to us. But Father, we declare, that we will make every effort to claim it. We will press in. We will press on for the prize for which you've called so that it's heavenwards. And the people said? Amen. And Father, I pray for my friends here. For each one of them, Jesus, I pray. Lord, I thank you for their for their heart, for their commitment, for their willingness to follow you. But Lord, I pray that you'd encourage them in that act of holy forgetfulness, in that directional press of not considering that it's done, but that willingness to press on in, in worship, in prayer, in commitment to your people here, to press on in. And I just pray for them, Father that you'll bless them 
and help them to have that attitude which presses in to all you've given for them. And the people said, Amen. Father, for me, as, I'm, as I do a life change thing here, Father, thank you for speaking to me. Thank you, Father, for some of this stuff that's come out of old scriptures that I've seen a million times before. But for me and my family, for me and my wife, and my kids and grandkids, Father, I pray, you give us and give me the grace and the eyesight, the spiritual vision to see where you're calling us and to press into all you have for us. And the people said, Amen. We're going to go into worship. Holy Spirit, come and speak more to us. Speak words of encouragement and truth. Help us to worship you, Jesus, in spirit and in truth. Father, help us this evening to press in, to push in past, past singing and past standing and whatever. Just press into all you've got for us. Holy Spirit, break some of us tonight. Pour out your grace and your love on us. Bless your name.